Hello, hello, hello. This is Pete with the Manager Happiness Podcast. And, you know, this is supposed to be managing your life in general, your, your happiness in general. And I know I spend a lot of time talking about business. It's kind of been my focus, but I like to balance it with a trifecta of salud, preceptas y amor, you know, like also with your, you know, your finances, your income, but your health and your relationships too, right? So that's really big. So I'm going to mix it up a little bit today and talk to you about um, Tuesday. Tuesday, the day after Labor Day, I went back to work. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I wonder how my energy is. And, you know, most people see me as being very active, but sometimes I just feel like, wow, I'm really dragging. You know, when, when it's time, am I going to be able to respond to the call of action? Well, Tuesday was that day, and I had five meetings, some of them scattered all um, across town and nailed all the meetings, uh, starting from first thing in the morning until, I guess, what was the last one, about 7.38 at night, and closed a pretty big deal, at least a pretty big deal for me, um, closing on a uh, uh, listing I have, which was good because I'm selling a place I own, and that's a different topic, that's not what I'm talking about, but just juggling, I feel like, you know, I'm pretty good at juggling different things and rising to the occasion, and, Tuesday was that day. And the segue here, if you're wondering, is um, I opened the book up that I'm following and sharing with you, that one-page marketing plan by Alan Dim. And in today's episode, as <laughs> today's chapter, we're talking about increasing the customer lifetime value, okay? And in it, um, he talks about the Acres of Diamonds story, which is very famous as Russell Conwell's classic speech. And I actually quoted that in one of my meetings to these people the other day. They're trying to figure out what they do with their membership base, trying to uh, increase their subscriptions, lower the churn rate, um, have some upsells. And so this was the, the crux of their business and their questions and what we were talking about. And I brought this up. So what is this? what does the Acres of Diamond story tell us? It's about an African farmer who's seeing how in Africa, Everyone's making a fortune finding diamonds. So he gets the fever and he wants to go find diamonds himself. So he sells his farm and spends the rest of his life unsuccessfully looking for diamonds. And you could probably guess the rest of the story. Uh, what happens then is that the farmer he sold his farm to winds up crossing a stream on his property one day and seeing something shiny and picking it up and there you have it, diamond. So he wound up finding a very, very, very lucrative diamond mine on his property and the other person had walked away from it. And what does this mean to business? So often I think companies, large and small, focus more on the customer acquisition piece. Right? That's the sexy part of it, having your ads out there and everything else. And it's an expensive part of it as well. It's much less expensive and a lot easier to increase the value of your current customers, be it through upsells or even referral programs. Okay, so so that's key. So that's the, what we're going to be talking about today, and that's the Acres of Diamond. But you can imagine that when you're trying to turn cold traffic into customers, it's a long process and it's complicated and it's expensive. What if you just focused on that? your customer base and they in fact this company i spoke with told me that they have a large database of customers and some of the people are talking about you know doing lead generation lead gen lead gen lead gen but lead generation that is but one of the people who i spoke with there 
and as this conversation evolved, told me that that is probably their current customer list is where we should spend our time. Okay, so that is kind of one of the realizations we had on the fly while we were talking. So, so that's the thing. So let's talk about different ways you could increase the value of your customer. One is upselling. So what is an upsell? It, or, an, or an order bump that you could talk about too. Um, it's when you've already bought into something and they say, would you like something more? Would you want fries with that, right? That's a kind of thing. Uh, would you want to add a Coke to that? That's why McDonald's story is, uh, besides making money on the real estate, which is the real business model, may or may just make a couple cents to the dollar on their Big Macs and Whoppers and whatnot. But when you add fries and the Coke, that's where they really make money, okay? So that's the interesting part of it. And it's the same thing when you're selling. That's the same reason why you, you walk out of a store, they have all those knickknacks at the end, like gum and magazines and whatnot. So that's the upsell, that's the order, okay? And so that, I think that's pretty interesting. The next thing is an, an ascension model. So when you have a customer in your funnel or in your store, or as a customer in your customer base, whatever, you can figure out what is their customer journey, what are they gonna need next, and provide that to them. You know better than anybody. And so the benefit of that is twofold. One, obviously you get you know, increased value, but two, if they're gonna need this eventually and they have to start looking for it elsewhere, they may do so and go elsewhere for that and you may lose them. So, so that's why it's so important to keep that in mind, okay? Uh, so that, that's key. Now, we're gonna, one of the things that we've talked about before and when I talked about Tuesday with these, with these people was their subscription model. How do you increase the subscription model? So they are kind of maxed out on their high-end subscription and it's more hands-on. So we talked about doing perhaps more of a low-end and doing a subscription model that way. And this may kind of scoop up some of the people in their list that haven't signed on for the big, the big high value model, right? But would be interested in the lower value. It also keeps them in under your roof. You know, it, it, it um, tightens that relationship with them so they don't go elsewhere. So when they're ready to buy that big premium model, that they will go to you. So that's, that's pretty critical. So there are a lot of items here, but something to keep in mind that big doors swing on small hinges, right? So you gotta have a lot of these different programs or initiatives in place in order for its cumulative effect to really push the needle on your business, okay? But one thing I wanna caution here too, which is equally important, is that there's something called polluted revenue. We don't wanna tie in everyone as a customer. There are actually some very bad customers out there that churn resources and energy and then wind up never being happy and giving you a bad review anyway. So think about that. You have this bad customer who's keeping you on the phone or keeping your staff on the phone. He's always unhappy. He's always wasting time. You're always doing double the effort for him or her. And, and eventually you just realize that they're just problematic. Their problems may not have as much to do with you as just being something internal or something more directly related to their business. So those customers are bad. Those are suboptimal, toxic customers. 
and that is polluted revenue. That dollar is not as valuable to you as a dollar from someone who's one of your raving fans, right? Because your raving fans are gonna be a lot easier, they're gonna be uh, a lot more fun to work with. They will spread the word for you, they will spread the gospel, like um, the evangelists that they are. And um, it's those are the ones you wanna focus on, okay? That's the other problem too. The other people draw your focus away. I've seen this even in restaurants when I was younger as a waiter. And I would find that there are certain tables that always like, I want this, I want that, I want the other thing. And you'd go back and I'd bend over backwards for them. And then their tip wasn't that great. And I found that the other tables where people were just nice and easy going and you gave them what they needed, got them going, respected their space, didn't interrupt their conversations, checked in on them, nothing more. Those are the easy customers and they generally left better tips. The ones who complain the whole time, bending over backwards for them, and they don't leave good tips anyway. And so that's in a restaurant, but it does apply to other areas of business. So you want to fire those customers, okay? Um, so that's just the thing to keep in mind. And, and with that, um, I think I'm going to wrap up here. We covered a lot of things. Um, now, energy level. Oh, by the way, that day I took a swim in the morning, which was great to get me going. And so trying to balance health, wealth, and happiness. So I did it that day. I was like, um, started the day with exercise, swimming, had a busy day of talking, presenting, and negotiation, and wound up the day on some phone calls, just sharing my experiences with friends and family. So it felt very, very good. So those trifecta days are the best days. And they don't have to be 33.3%, 33.3%, 33.3% for each. You balance them depending on the needs of the day, but I think it's good to keep all of them in mind all the time, even if you're not dedicating the same amount of time to all of them, you can comp compensate for that later. Okay, and with that, I will sign off now with uh, my trifecta given to me by my grandmother. Salud, setas y amor. Thank you very much, and until next time, bye-bye.